Hey guys, it's been kind of crazy trying to get together with Ramon because he's been working doubles after doubles and I went on vacation, so uh, let's, let's assume a little bit of the responsibility here. Um, so, in the meantime, enjoy this back-to-school special edition of uh, the Dude Catholic Podcast as we talk about Catholic education. Some of you may have your kids in Catholic education. This is just perspective coming from four either Catholic educators or ex-Catholic educators. Enjoy. Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Adrian, here with three men who counted to infinity twice. I'm Javier. Um, Edgar Lujano. Dennis the Menace. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what Javier was going to say right now. He just got close to the mic. Anyway, today we start off a series that we are not sure how to title, but Let's just call it education. We're going to talk about Catholic education. I don't know how many episodes I'm going to have to splice this into, but but here we go. We're going to talk about Catholic education. <clears throat> I would say that when Catholic education is done right, you actually start building disciples. And uh, you start, you can, I think, actually build a positive community and a, uh, and a positive society in the world. Um, especially when you have witnesses that are actually true believers that are actually true believers and are convicted of the faith. Uh, you can not just transform the culture within the school, but the culture around the school and the community around it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Boom. Well, thank you for joining us today. That was a great episode. No, that's good. That's good. I think we're gonna we're gonna tag tag Dennis real quick. So I mean, yeah, I think Edgar hit the nail on the head. Um, I mean, ultimately, what the goal is is to teach, right? To catechize and to um, evangelize, right? So a teacher uh, wants to not only uh, just instruct the faith, but wants to be a witness to the faith. Right. And that's where the evangelization comes in. Um, I think that ultimately what we have is, uh, just poor catechesis. Just one example is, uh, there's a school near my house here, a Catholic school. And sadly, you know, I have a, I have some friends that teach there. I'm not sadly that they teach there, but I have a friend who told me, that the theology teacher there is practicing homosexual gay flag up and everything like that. So it's like, wow, um, this is where our education has come. This is a norm probably, you know, that they're uh, promoting these things that are completely anti-Catholic and um, you know, the kids are going to grow up. They're going to think that that's normal or that's what the Catholic church teaches. And unfortunately, you know, Pope Francis is, um, you know, his, his quotes that seem to mislead people, 
even if it is the media's fault, let's say, you know, uh, giving the benefit of the, of the doubt, we just have a poor um, education um, standard now in our Catholic school system. And, um, you know, we had good people like Edgar, Javier, self. Um, and I think that this is just a sign of the battle that we're in, that we have really solid people that have uh, taught or that currently is teaching. And ultimately, ultimately we have the opposite as well happening simultaneously within uh, Catholic education. So, um, you know, again, this is something that is part of the new Testament, the epistles, right. You know, you have different parts of the body. Some are teachers, some are evangelists, some are prophets, some are confessors, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a real apostolate, a real calling from the Lord. And we need to pray for our teachers. We need to pray for, for those who are in the battlefield because that's what it is, right. It's, it's a battlefield. So, Uh, We need to keep praying and and be that as well. So Javier, I think I'll pass it on to you since you're the only one teaching currently at the moment. First of all, I want to say that um, that the Catholic church is the largest institution that educates people. Um, There's no institution, religious institution for sure, that educates more people than the Catholic faith. Um, the, the Catholic Church has, in its teachings throughout the centuries, has elevated this notion that education is a right. This notion that has now been adapted by the entire world, that you have a right to an education. Matter of fact, it's the Catholic Church that invented the university system. Mm-hmm. And the benefits of a Catholic education is far none it's it's beyond um from elevating the dignity of the human person right to reach its full potential right um the 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 person is fully formed in a catholic school right not only their mind but their soul right their their humanity everything it's an integral in formation that's being done at a catholic at the catholic school it's it's amazing um so yeah i mean the the benefits are beyond uh you know um and again this notion that education is a right has come from the catholic faith so thank you catholic church for inventing the university system thank you catholic church for uh educating millions upon millions of people each year uh not only at the lower levels of, of elementary and high school, but also in the collegial levels, right? Universities, et cetera. The first universities were Catholics, right? Oxford University, University of Paris, uh, University of Bologna, right? Mm, Bologna. Yeah, nobody, ah. <laughs> nobody would know that, but those were the first Catholic, uh, those were the first universities and they were Catholic. Well, then you also look at other universities here in America who, have the catholic name but yet you look at them and you will not think that they are actually catholic i mean uh, i'm sure there's a few that we can think of off the, off the, the top of our <laughs> man, head you, you want to hit I, the ground running man i mean <laughs> but, but if you're ready to shoot I told you, dude, I this this I is the thing it. you got to keep in mind that most people who are solidly formed in the catholic faith and are trying to bring uh-huh. that solid formation have either been burned or are currently there and they're struggling 
Yeah. So, and then you have those of us who eventually got pushed out, right? I mean, I, I will say that, that I got, I got pushed out all for even questioning certain things about the liturgy. I mean, it wasn't even a question about my, my teaching or whether I was good at it. It was all about just my, my ideas, even questioning the fact that there shouldn't be liturgical dance, even the question, the fact that lay people shouldn't be giving homilies. That was a cause for dismissal. I mean, if I'm getting dismissed for that kind, that kind of things, can you imagine what other people uh, in other schools are struggling with too? First of all, how dare you, Edgar? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dare. I dare. I'm, I'm which is, which is really sad because it's self-defeating, right? The, the, the purpose of a Catholic education, not only according to Vatican II, but um, even in America, when the, the Catholic school system was created, uh, was to preserve the Catholic faith, right? So when it's self-defeating and you see that it is, Catholic schools and Catholic education that are defeating the Catholic church's teachings are becoming the Catholic church's teachings. You know, they're becoming, uh, excuse me, the enemy of the Catholic church's teachings is it's, it's again, self-defeating. It's really, it's really sad to, to see something like that uh, when the church has worked tirelessly to integrate itself into society, into culture, uh, into the sciences, into history, into the arts. Um, and then out of nowhere, secularization has now come and poisoned all that and has now uh, taken its roots even within the church and began to slowly but surely uh, defeat the church using the church. And that's that that's kind of a, I think that's where we were going to head um, into from the beginning, you know, from the beginning of this episode. I think anyone anyone listening who's uh, who's even slightly um, orthodox in their in their beliefs of the faith um, would, would we know that that's where this uh, episode was going. Um, but I think this is a really good spot to introduce the scripture that we didn't, that I didn't introduce earlier. Um, and I think Dennis, you have, you have that one at your disposal, right? The scripture for today, which comes from. The gospel, according to Luke chapter 17, one through two. And he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to him by whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Mm. Delicious indeed. So, um, wow. You know, that's that's uh, the first thing that came into my head when uh, when Javier said, what what scripture should we read? Well, because that's one of the things that I had very present when I was a Catholic school teacher for about what was it, 12 years I taught in the Catholic school system. And I saw and I saw what Javier was talking about, you know, that that decline. Um, the first school where I was working at, which is where where Javier was working at at the time when I guess when I got the job until until the point where I started working there. Um, it was the principal was a priest, you know, and things things at least from from the outside looked like they were running smoothly. And from the inside, at least the Catholic identity portion of it um, was solid, you know. But when uh, when I moved to another school and, and even as, as the principal went away and became superintendent um, of Catholic schools, I saw I saw something happening in another school that was not um, an archdiocesan school. It was uh, run by an order of nuns um, who shall remain nameless to protect the uh, the guilty. Um, 
Yeah, because I can't remember the Sisters of St. Joseph. Anyway, um, of which Sisters of St. Joseph? I'll, I'll let you guess eventually. Um, but anyway, I noticed that, that when they asked me to be campus minister, um, they didn't want me to have mass at the retreat. And I started seeing a lot of other things happening. And I was like, hmm, this is not good. So I, I stepped down. And, and here's the thing. My, the difference between myself and a lot of other people is that uh, I don't know if uh, if anyone would see this as compromising my beliefs or whatnot. But I voiced out my my opinions in a very civil manner, like not not really like not not quoting chapter verse and encyclical and, and this, this and that. Um, what I did is I just said, you know, just seems to make sense that we have this at a Catholic school. Um, and when and when my suggestions were shot down, I just I just said, you know what, I have another job that I'm doing after this one. And so I can't do the position justice. And I stepped down. You know, not because I couldn't have it my way, but really it was because of that. Um, because if I can't do the the job justice, like I was saying, except they thought I meant, you know, it, it was a time commitment thing, then I don't want to do it at all. And that's why I stepped down and I did my job and I taught religion faithful to the church's teachings. But um, eventually I just saw that it was it was beyond beyond repair. And as soon as I could jump ship, I did. And now I'm in public school. And it took a long a long time um, because I did see this as a vocation. But but like everyone's going to be saying right now, and I'm pretty sure the conversation's going to get way juicier than what I just uh, what I just <laughs> said. Um, man, you know, I feel like just shutting up and letting you guys run with this because. I feel like Edgar. I feel like I cut you off a little bit, and I want you to uh, want you to share a little bit more. Where do you want me to get started? <laughs> um, Wherever you want. You know, Wherever you want. You know, you know, you're you're talking about uh, this 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 group of sisters who uh, we're we're not very faithful, right? And and I will say that uh, there's a group within the church, and I'm not going to name names either. Um, but you know, there's a society within the church of priests that we call the Jesuits. Um, <laughs> that unfortunately have kind of <laughs> gone astray think about it if you come on man right as uh, as uncle joe says but um but if you look at just like i mentioned the universities earlier the, the majority of the universities that you see that have kind of fallen off that are catholic in name but yet don't have that catholic identity a lot of them are jesuit schools i mean there's yeah, you know, the funny thing about it you know uh, yeah unfortunately because the the jesuits historically were known as some of the most solid uh oh yeah religious organizations within within the catholic faith and defenders of the pope yeah oh yeah and, Ignatius, and dude yeah man yeah i mean when they would send them to south i mean not to get you off but when they would send them to south america i think there's stories of when they sent them to south america the bishops would get scared because they thought the pope was spying on them yeah yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, a friend of mine who's uh, he's uh, actually a, a Catholic teacher. Well, he he worked for the Catholic schools here uh, here in uh, the Sacramento area where I'm living, and so he's an Eastern Catholic, and he he attends one of the Eastern Catholic parishes here in, in town. And he was talking yeah, about we don't like those people. Yeah, yeah. Since we have one on call, right? <laughs> those so, people. Uh, <laughs> but no offense. <laughs> he was no, no offense, uh, Shady Grady. <laughs> We love we love you, Dennis. All good, man. Don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about don't worry about Javier. Uh, he just tends to open his mouth without knowing what's coming out of it. You're good. <laughs> but um, MC this and regulate. I'll gag Javier if necessary. But he was he was talking to me about the Jesuits who ended up going uh, who ended up going to Russia 
during the time of persecution where the communists were starting to take over mm. and uh-huh. how they how they were some of the most solid priests out there because they were willing to put their life at risks to go to go out there and and they, they actually started to learn the Eastern Catholic liturgies, the divine liturgies. And one of the things that started coming to mind was that is one of the most beautiful things of the Je- that the Jesuits have are willing to adapt to the local area, but it's also one of their downfalls. Because if you think about it, when they're going to places like Russia, where the Eastern Orthodox have, have historically been, they're willing to adopt those Christian traditions and, and really bring the people into the faith. But then you start looking at what happened over in Asia. We started looking at Japan and um, countries in the East. And then you start going to South America where they started, started adopting the culture there so much that you started having what Franciscans and Dominicans going over and seeing the Jesuits and saying, who are they? Like we, they're dressing like, like everyday people. We can't even tell who they are. And that became their downfall. You even have uh, the most recent uh, who who was he? Is I think a provincial or something. One of the higher-ranking officials that was out of Am- the Amazon, uh, one of the Jesuits out of the Amazon. He's saying that he said that he's been there for twenty years, hasn't baptized one person because he's there to learn from the people, and that is one of the most heartbreaking and disheartening things I've ever heard come out of the mouth of a Jesuit. And working in a Jesuit education wow. for the last three years, you know, it kind of says something, right? But um, but it goes to show you that that great strength that that could have truly been adopted to really bring people over to the faith has basically been turned against them. And nowadays you look at most Jesuit universities and high schools, they're just, they're secular schools with the, with the Catholic label just slapped on it. And it's so heartbreaking and unfortunate because they support all the, all the, the secular world, social teachings. Yeah, one of my uh, favorite, uh, if not my favorite, living philosopher, Dr. Peter Kraft, was uh, was talking about Boston College, and he said that the initials are uh, stand for barely Catholic, another Jesuit school, by the way. Well, and and there's something to be said about that. It's it's across the nation. It's running rampant. It's not just them, you know. It's like it's any Catholic institution that's notable, uh, Notre Dame, um, Catholic University, that have a lot of of even anti-Catholic rhetoric coming out of it. I mean, stuff that the church doesn't teach, particularly in the area of sexual ethics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in the, the school that I was talking about, I remember having deep conversations with some of the nuns and they, would, they, they couldn't even call themselves pro-life. I mean, something as basic as defending one of the, one of the pillars of, of Catholic social teaching, you know, one of the guiding principles, which is the defending the, the the dignity of human life um, to not uphold that. That's, that's beyond me. Yeah. That's sad. That's horrible. There's a book. Uh, I'm sure you guys have, I'm not sure if you read it or not, but I know we read it in the seminary uh, going back to what um, uh, Edgar was talking about the Jesuits in Russia uh, during communism. It's called with God in Russia. Uh, mm. Wonderful book, great book uh, by autobiography from Jesuit priests who talk about how they were imprisoned and tortured, et cetera, uh, during that time. Um, anyways, Dennis. Yeah, I just, I mean, there's a lot to touch on there. I, I just watched a movie. I can't think of the name, but it's probably informed. I watched it on EWTN recently and it was on San Ignatius. It was a newer movie that, that was created in Montserrat in Spain. And, it was very well done. I enjoyed it. Um, watched it with uh, my fiance. So it was, 
you know, just it was it said something about San Ignatius about <clears throat> the Society of Jesus, who again many people call the Jesuits, but we know that that, that name was given, I believe, by the Anglicans. Um, you can fact check that one, but it was a derogatory term. Um, so really the society of Jesus. And again, what's up? No, that's crazy. Didn't know that. Yeah. And we don't yeah, research. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not... uh, so it's okay. You can, you can make mistakes here. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just want to say how terrible it is that they, the society of Jesus, which we call the Jesuits, uh, nowadays, um, they have become corrupted. And again, that goes back to the infiltration of the church. And we've mentioned this before again, and it's in the book called uh, the school of darkness by Bella Dodd. And I think she wrote it in the 1930s and she was a former American communist converted by venerable Fulton J. Sheen. I was going to uh, say that's like Fulton Sheen. Okay. Cool. So, so I would like and, to, uh, uh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. So, so anyway, she said that she personally, and that's not including everyone else working in the American communist, um, you know, sect that they, that she herself brought in a thousand, over a thousand communists into the seminaries. Uh, wow. So this goes back to the, the Alta Vendita. I know we're getting pretty deep. I'm going to veer off again back on the road. But basically, the Jesuits or the Society of Jesus, they were targeted by the Freemasons. Um, and that's why a lot of the Freemason lodges were set up near Jesuit schools or um, et cetera, because they were infiltrating them and because they knew how um, intellectual they were and how mm -hmm. they had a big part in educating educating um, our young people, right? educating our church. And so one quote that came to mind um, from, it was Pope Pius X, I believe, um, going back to what Edgar said recently about just the liturgy as such, using different instruments um, within the liturgy. Um, he actually, the Pope forbid that. He actually said, uh, the employment of the piano is forbidden in church as is also that of noisy or frivolous instruments such as drums, cymbals, bells, and the like. And again, Pope Pius X, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, but um, yeah, you can find it easily online, I'm sure. So again, this is just part of the overarching uh, plan. Again, how did the church end, the, uh, end up this way? It wasn't just because the Jesuits became enculturated into pagan societies. It's because they were infiltrated. Right. And this is documented. Right. Again, Bella Dodd School of Darkness is one one spot you can look. So Javier. So not only not only did they bring in uh, those instruments, they brought them in badly too, where it sounds like horrible versions <laughs> of pop music from like 40 years ago. Man, I mean, if you're this. gonna screw up, I least try, you know? Well, not only that, but I mean they're they're adopting secular music and, and trying to to make it like the cool kids. Right. So I remember I actually went to a, it was a youth group event when I was, when I was volunteering a part of a core team and we went to mass on the beach and the I, communion I song, <laughs> I don't know, were you there? I don't know. But um, the yeah. communion song was, was, uh, I don't know if you if you remember the song, but it's uh, the, we are young. Yeah, we are young. Yeah. But tonight, right. That was the communion song. Oh, that was the communion hymn. 
Oh it's gosh. Like, yeah, I I think it was funny. Okay, I wasn't myself, at that one. That was horrible. <laughs> that one. That's horrible. Yeah, I was I was in the back uh, with with the other core team members and my, my solid group of Catholic male friends here. We were just looking at each other, just bewildered, like what in the world is happening? Like, and then after that, the person what in charge about? Saint came Catherine up. Of Siena, so we'll set the world on fire. We can <laughs> well, go that's higher, funny. Higher well, than the, the sun. Oh, that's the, no, no bueno. The bueno. funny thing is that the person who put this event uh, event on actually went up uh, during the announcements to defend herself and saying this is actually a very scriptural song. Like forget forget about the fact that it's talking about taking Getting somebody higher home at than night. the empire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but talking exactly. about how how it's actually a scriptural based song. It's like don't push it. Come on. But sadly, we are going to have to push it. Push it until next week so that we can conclude or at least come close to concluding this conversation about education. See you next time. Pray for us and we'll pray for you. Ferro ferro. Aquitur. Hey guys, remember to continue to join us as we pray together via Instagram and Facebook stories. Yeah, if you want to join us in the novena that we are praying currently, do so. Join us. Go. Like, comment, all that fun stuff. Or not, who cares? Just pray. <laughs>